before I begin on the subject that I wanted to talk about today, I just wanted to give you an encouragement, really, because uh, what Guy just shared reminded me of a John Wesley quote. And he, John Wesley said, Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. And I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth. Amen. And in the songs we sang, there was this theme about the majesty of God. And we come today and worship God because of his majesty. For no other reason. It's not for you. We sang the words, we are here for you. We live for you. I want us this morning not to confuse our attendance as being for God. I want you to not confuse your service as being givenness to God. Because you can do both of those things and be perfectly selfish. I want to encourage you this morning, does God have you? Because this is what John Wesley was saying. He is looking, God is looking for people who are saying, yes, I am here for you. And we can come and there can be many things going on in our lives, but there is a question, are we here for God or are we here for something completely different? And I hope this morning that you are here for him. And if you haven't been, there's always time for change. And maybe that leads me into why I want to speak on this morning and, and the subject of what I want to speak on is leaving the past behind us. Because do you realise that you cannot move forward if you are still tied to the past? Now, if you were at MLG a couple of years ago, um, or if, you're, if you weren't there but your mind goes back a long way here, to something we did once, we had this thing called a bungee run. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a bungee run. It's where you get on an inflatable and you clip yourself in and you tie this bungee cord to your back and you have to run as hard as you can with a Velcro bag and slap it onto the, the middle partition and whoever gets the furthest wins. But the truth is, no matter how far you get, no matter how strong you are, eventually... It will ping you back and you fly back because you're still attached to this cord behind you. Great fun, although I did see one person once who was quite of large stature, get quite far and then just stood there and they couldn't be pinged back. But on the whole, I'm not saying who it was, um, but on the whole, to move forward is impossible if you're still tied to something behind you. If we think about moving forward, one thing we need to make sure is that we start from a right position. So if you were building a house, you would make sure that you start building on a right foundation. If you are running a race, you want to be in the right starting position in the blocks in order to have that, that starting position that allows you to move forward correctly. And I want to read with you a scripture this morning. And I'll ask you a question. You can turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 
And the question I want to ask you this morning, and this is a beginning question, this, isn't, this leads us on to the next bit, but the question is, are you in? Are you in? In what? Well, let's read and we'll find out what. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Are you in? Now, what does it mean to be in Christ? It's a bit one of these phrases, if you've been around in Christian circles a while, you might hear it again and again. But what does it mean to be in Christ? There's no absolute definition, but I can give you my definition. Basically, to be in Christ means that you have given up your old life. You've said no to the old way, and you've embraced the life of Christ. If you want to look at the pictures, it says you are baptised with Christ in his death and in his resurrection. You are baptised. You go down and you're raised in him. Your life is for him. You are for him. It's all about him. You live for him. And this happens, I believe, when you give that life to God. You say, yes, Jesus. That day when you've said, I've had enough of, of all that. I've had enough of all that's gone before me and I say yes to Jesus. And that may have happened to you many, many years ago. Maybe that happened to you this week. But the reason I want to tell you about being in Christ is because in this verse there is a promise for anyone who is in Christ. And this morning I don't want you to miss out on the promise if you are not in Christ. If you've never given your life to God, if you've never said yes to him, even in this very moment, I want you to just close your eyes and say, God, I want you. In your heart, I want you to say, God, I want to put the past behind me. I want to say no to that old way, and I want to say yes to you. So if you've never done that before, you can do it right at this very moment. You don't have to wait till the end of the service. Maybe this is the quickest altar call there's ever been in a sermon. But you can do it right now, right at this very moment, just say, God, yes, I want you and nothing else. Maybe you've stepped out, you know, you've you kind of you've checked out a bit, and maybe for you, you've got to say, God, I, I, I'm not really in. I want to be in. Because there is a promise today for those who are in Christ. It says, those who are in Christ, they are a new creation. Do you realise that you are a new creation today? When it says those who are in Christ, they are new creations. They are fresh. That's what it means. When it says new, you're fresh. I've always wanted to be fresh. But it says you're fresh, you're new. But that is something that happens today. It's not something that happened in the past and you look back and go, whoa, yeah, I was made new 20 years ago. Because if it was fresh 20 years ago, it's probably not fresh today. Or it's not something you're looking forward to saying, man, I'm going to be made new. I'm going to be made new. No, it's something that's happened and is constantly happening to you. That you are new in Christ every day. 
So it's not saying you have to look back on, it's not saying you have to look forward to, but it's saying you can receive today. And we are these new creations and Jesus said to his disciples, to those around him, come and follow me. And I believe that when we hear that call of God and we say yes, we come and follow him and we enter into this new way. And so he says, those who are new creations, it says the old has passed away. And that means that everything that was old, everything that came before, everything, all the junk, all the rubbish, all the bad things that happened, all the good things that happened, it's all gone. Everything was dealt with before. Everything that was before has been dealt with with Jesus on the cross. Everything was nailed to him and it was declared over. It was declared finished. It was declared dead and buried with Christ. And I say that's both the negative things because often we want to get rid of the negative things. We're very happy about that. Let's get rid of the negative. But even Christ has to say, no, the end has come to even those things that you thought were strengths, that you thought were your successes. Because, you know, we come to Jesus, we say, here, look at my prize. Isn't this good? This is what I can offer you, God. And I had that in my life, that I thought I could come to God and say, you know what, God could use me. I've got a few good skills for him. And I'm sure he looked down and said, oh, Daniel... I have. Thank you. But the thing that we think is success, we need to lay it down because that needs to be dealt with and left at the cross because God has something different for us. Because when we come to Christ, in that moment where he says, you are a new creation, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. He has come and he's given us a fresh start a fresh start. And there's something wonderful that happened. I don't know if you realised that moment when you said yes to Jesus. I don't know if you realised what happened in that moment. Because in that moment, you passed from death into life. In that moment, you passed from despair into hope. You passed from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You were under the authority of Satan, but now you came into the hands of God. There was something divine, there was something wonderful that happened, it's called that divine exchange, where everything changed for you in that moment. Do you realise that? That in that moment, everything changed. Because do you realise that when you become a Christian, it's not about joining a club. Like we come here on a Sunday, you know, we have our, our, our rituals, we have our routines where we come and we get our coffee and our donut. We come and we sing some songs, we listen to the word, then we get some more tea and some biscuits if you're lucky. And then we go and have our roast. It's not a club, though. God hasn't brought you into that. But God has brought you into a new reality. It's not saying you join, it's something you've become. And some of you, that's good news, because you've been waiting such a long time for a fresh start. Some of you have been waiting for so long for a do-over that this is good news, because you're thinking, yeah, I'm really happy that all this can be dealt with and all this can be done away with, because the good news is today 
there is a second chance. And you've been waiting a long time for it. Because I realise for some, and maybe some more than others, in life you were dealt, and I hope this isn't rude, but it's a, a bit of a bum hand. You know? You've been dealt a bit of a bad hand. Remember, if you've ever done this, I, I, I like playing Monopoly. Have you ever played Monopoly where you start the game and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be the dog. <laughs> and you're like, there's hope ahead. You think you're going to succeed. And, and you start going round and everyone's going round and people start buying up properties and you land on chance. You get a fine. Then you land on the station. You think, oh, I'll buy that. Then you get round, you land on free parking. There's no money in the middle. <laughs> then you get sent to jail and everyone else is buying up properties all around you. And, and by, after a few goes, you're looking at your, your hand and you've got a bit of money, but all you've got is Liverpool Street and Bond Street. And everyone else has got sets and they're building hotels. And you think, oh man, this game is going to be painful. And life can be a bit like that. That you're thinking, man, all I've got is a station and Bond Street. No, no one likes the Greens in uh, Monopoly. And you think, what hope is there? What hope is there? This is going to be a painful existence for me. Now, I used to play Monopoly with my nan. And my nan, after a while, inevitably, it gets to that point where dinner needs to be made. And she started dishing out things to people. Now, if you're winning at that point, you think, nan, stop it. But if you're losing at that point, you think, yes. Finally, this is the only way I'm ever going to get anything. And do you know what? There's that moment today that Jesus is saying, you can have my hand. Amen? Because without that, you think, I'm stuck. There's no way forward. But Jesus is saying, I've got a really winning hand, and you can have that. There's a new start today. There's a new opportunity today for us. And that's a wonderful truth. The Christian life should be one where we move forward. I don't know if you feel like you're moving forward. And Tim, I, I feel like I'm building a bit on what Tim shared last week, and I'm even going to use the same scripture that he used, and that's in Philippians chapter 3. Because the Christian is one who is advancing. The Christian is someone who is growing, and we think of Christianity is one of maturing. So you should be maturer now than you were a year ago. We always think about a child, and it's all right to be a child when you're a child. And I realise for some of you, in faith, you are children, and that's fine. Be who you are. Learn, grow. For some of you, I'm not looking at anyone. <laughs> but you know, Paul says, I put away childish things because maybe you should have moved on to things that you haven't moved on to and you haven't grown into the places that God wants you to grow into. Paul said to a group, he said, I want to give you meat, but you can't handle it. And all I can give you is milk. Should you be on meat, but are you still drinking milk this morning? So Paul says to the Philippians in verse, chapter 3, verse 13, says, Brothers, 
I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There is something that God has for you that you need to press on to attain, to take hold of, to achieve. God has a purpose and a plan for every one of you today. Do you believe that? Good. But the trouble is, it says, forgetting what lies behind. And the truth is, we struggle to move forward because we are still attached to the things in the past. And I've got three things I want us to look at this morning of why we don't move forward. The first is we forget and we look back with rose-tinted glasses. And I don't know if that's a phrase that some people, maybe if you're not from England, you don't understand what rose-tinted glasses are, but they're glasses that you put on and it makes everything look nice. It's a delusional reality. And we forget. And you think about the Israelites, and the Israelites were stuck in slavery in Egypt for a couple of hundred years. It all started well, but it just got real bad. And the more they tried to break free, the worse it got. But yet God, in his love and mercy, came and intervened in powerful and dramatic ways to set them free through plague that that meant that Pharaoh had to let them go. Then he led them out. He took them through the, the Red Sea. And he was taking them through the desert to go to the promised land. But what did they do? They started grumbling. They started moaning. They started looking over their shoulder and going, Egypt wasn't that bad. Egypt wasn't that bad, was it? You know, we had some food. It was all right. They forgot what it was like. And they were looking over their shoulder. I think about Lot and his family, and they were in Sodom, and they lived there, and God was so sick of that place. He sent two angels to bring them, and the the people of that town wanted to rape the angels. That's how bad it was. And God said, Lot's family, get out of there. I'm taking you out. And they're they're walking away. Sodom and Gomorrah are being demolished by God. And Lot's wife looks over her shoulder, looks back. And she turns into a pillar of salt. What about us? Do you ever look back with rose-tinted glasses? A favourite analogy of this of mine at the moment is when you go on Facebook and you look up an old flame and you think, oh, I wonder what they're doing. Wouldn't it have been nice? I don't know if you've ever done that. No. <laughs> just, just me. No. As we said in the men's group, it's a friend of mine did that. No. <laughs> but we can look back and we can wonder what could have been. We look back and we think... Oh, that might have been better. But do you realise that God has taken you out of something for a purpose? And we look back and we can have rose-tinted glasses thinking how wonderful it could have been. And the truth is that God never wanted that thing for us and he took us out of it for a reason because he had something new for you. It breaks my heart as a, that when you see people who are never moving forward, They get so far and then they spring back. Or they just walk around in circles. 
I can do it in my own life and it breaks my heart as well for myself because that's not how God wanted it to be. I want to read you a verse and this is a bit uh, graphic. I want to read it. It's in the Bible, so it's in Proverbs 26. If you want to find it, I'll give you the reference because you might not believe it's in the Bible. It says, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Like a dog who returns to his vomit is like a fool who repeats his folly. And we can be just like that. And you might think in your own life, you think, why do I keep going back? Why do I keep doing that? And maybe you feel like someone in folly. Because that's not how God intended it to be. But if we've never fully let go, you know, I'm moving forward, but one hand still on the past, then we're never going to enter into the thing that God has for us. We need to believe that it's finished and it's done with in Christ. And God has something new for us ahead, never looking back. The second reason we don't move forward is that we allow our past to define our future. I don't know about you, but throughout your life, you get given labels. It might be where you were born, where you were raised, the colour of your skin. It might be the school you went to. It might be the subjects you were good at or the subjects you weren't good at. It might be the job that you got, the house that you lived in, the car that you drove, the colour of your hair, whatever it might be. But throughout life, we get given these labels and we allow those labels to define us. That these things that people put upon you and say, well, you're this, you're that. But you know what that truth is? That moment when you come to Christ, Jesus Christ becomes the only point of reference for who you are. Everything else that is said about you, everything else that has ever been done, it's done, it's old, it's past. Because you know what? In God, only he defines your future. If you let him. People might have said many things to you. They might have said, you know what? It's never going to happen. But Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. People might have said, you're never going to amount to anything. But Jesus says, you can do all things through Christ, who gives you strength. People might have said, you're nothing, you're worthless, you're an accident, you're unwanted. But Jesus says, you are chosen, a royal priest, holy, God's own possession. He says, I formed you in your mother's womb and I chose you before the foundation of the world. The world will want to tell you something, but are you going to listen to the thing that God is saying about you? Because Jesus has a new thing to say about you today. Do you have ears to hear or are you still being defined by the labels of the past? Because Satan will come in and Satan will try and accuse you and Satan will try and remind you of all those things. But you know what? 
You can say, and that's not me anymore. That's what I was, but now I'm something different in Christ. You don't have to accept that, the label that even he is trying to put upon you, that Satan is trying to put upon you, because that's what you were, fair enough. That's what you were, maybe. It might have been a good label, it might have been a bad label, it might have been accurate or inaccurate, but the truth is that thing is no longer true about you because Christ has said something new about you. And it's the thing that he says that is true, not the thing that somebody else has said about you. So even if everyone else is saying something, if Christ is saying something different, then that's the thing that you have to listen to. So the third thing that will stop you from going forward, and that's because you've gone back to your old priorities. When we come to Christ, this is normally the situation, we come with great zeal and we say, yeah, God, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do that for you, I'm going to lay it all down, I'm going to follow you no matter what the cost. And you go for it and you do it and you do it and do it. And for some reason, something happens and it changes. Maybe you don't even notice. And you look at the disciples. They were like, yeah, God, we're going to follow you. And they laid down everything. They laid down their businesses. They laid down their families. And they followed Jesus. And then Jesus gets crucified. And what do they do? They go back to fishing. And Jesus goes to them. It's very interesting because they're out in their boats fishing and pulling the nets. And Jesus says, why don't you throw your net the other side? And you think, actually, I've heard that before because it actually happened at the beginning when Jesus first called them. And I believe Jesus in that moment was saying to him, do you remember that I didn't call you to be fishers of fish, but I called you to be fishers of men? I came and I wanted a different life for you. I had a different priority for you and you've gone back into the old thing. And I don't know maybe what priority you've gone back to that God never gave you. Because there are many things in life that are going to press us. There are many things in life that, that, you know, that need doing, but maybe they're not the thing that God has called you to do. That's not the priority that God has given you to, to face. We need to remember what God has called us to and what God has called us out of because we can't move forward if we're going back. Now, at Calvary, at the cross, Jesus, it's like he had a big sword. And he, he took that sword and he cut the past. And that cutting, at that moment, now we, in our mind, it's a couple of thousand years ago, but what actually happened, it was an, what's the word, an incident, or a, it, it's something that happened that impacted eternity. It wasn't a moment in time. It was a moment in eternity. Because from that point, he said, it is done. It's finished. And it wasn't a moment in time. And so when we think about those things that are past, in that moment they were done. And when we receive Christ, and when we say yes to God, all we are doing is agreeing with what he has done. Because I want you to know that you are no longer bound by your past if you are in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are no longer bound by your past. But there is a new truth about you. 
You need to receive this word. I want to give you some strategy because it's important that we know how to apply this in our life. Three simple things. Hopefully they're simple. But first, we've got to choose to believe the truth of God. You have to choose to believe truth. Because if you base your actions, your life upon your feelings, you will not move forward. Because even though all this is true, all this is done, you still have those things ringing in your ears that are saying, you know what, you're a failure. You're no good. They can still ring in your ears and you can feel that. You go, yeah, they're right, they're true. But you have to say, no, actually, although it feels true, God has said something different about me and today I'm going to choose to believe the thing that God has said about me and not the thing that might even feel very true. So choose to believe the truth of God. Obviously, the question is, how do you even know what the truth of God is? You've got to be in the word and you've got to be renewing your mind. Because we do have this flesh and blood. We have this body. We have our mind that has been trained in a certain way. And where you've done something for many, many years, where you've heard something, where you've been told something for many, many years, it kind of sets in. If you've ever driven your car and you find you're going back home when you didn't mean to go back home or to the shop, it's because you always go that way. And it's kind of, you know, it's just drained in you. And you think, man... Why am I going this direction? And life can be like that, that we continue doing that thing even though we didn't intend to go there because we're just kind of trained in that way. So therefore we have to retrain ourselves, which isn't always easy. Moving out of the ruts isn't always easy. But that's why it takes persistence. It takes commitment to say, I'm going to continue being in the word of God Because if all you do is watch Netflix, if all you do is read your magazines, if all you do is join in the gossip, then your mind is never going to be trained to move out of those ruts. All you're doing is reinforcing the ruts. If all you're doing is going back to that old way, all you're doing is reinforcing the ruts in your life. It's about saying, I'm going to take a new path, I'm going to move in a new direction, and it's going to be hard but if you give yourself into God's word. And the last one was being transformed by his presence. Those people who hung around Jesus were changed. You've got to hang around Jesus. Because I don't know about you, if, you've, if you're married, the way you got married today was not because you got a book about your husband or your wife and learned all about them. I'm imagining you spent some time with them. And that really told you if they were the one that you should spend your life with. We're transformed by presence. That's how you get to know Jesus, by spending time with him. We have a privilege that we are invited into the throne room of God. Do you realise that's your invitation this morning, to move into the throne room of God and to be there? You can be there 24-7. You don't have to leave. You can commune with God at any moment of any day. You can talk to him. There's nothing in your life that he needs to be excluded from because he knows all about it anyway. And will you bring him into that? Will you talk to him about that? 
We need a strategy. Because God wants you to move forward. And maybe today you're thinking, I want to move forward. I want to ask you, what, is there anything that's stopping you? Because I remember a few, probably a couple of months ago now, I put up a, a picture on the screen. And it was, I think it was a horse that was, had a, a, a rope around its neck and it was tied to a plastic chair. And that's our reality. That there's nothing to hinder you from moving forward. Only if you allow that thing to hinder you. Because the truth is that Christ has done it. And we need to just receive that and start walking forward. Not looking back. Not allowing the past to define us. Not having the wrong priorities. But trusting God. I wanted to invite you to stand with me. So if you could stand. And what I want us to do today is to declare something. Because, as I say, it's done. And so we can, after this, if you do want to be prayed for for anything, not just this, anything at all, as we worship, I invite you to come forward and we can receive prayer. But the truth is it's done. And so what we're going to do is declare it's done. And we're going to declare the truth of God. So if you want this in your life, I invite you to do it. So I'm going to read it out, and if you agree, you can... I want you to say it with conviction as well, because it's true. Okay. I am Christ's. My life is his. And I am in him. Today is the day of my salvation. The past no longer has a hold of me. God alone will define my present and my future. It didn't start well, but in Christ it will end well. Amen. I want you to turn to someone and I want you to tell them they are a new creation. You are a new creation. You are a new creation. You are a new creation. Amen. So come, let us embrace that. Let us receive the truth from God. And maybe you don't feel new today, but declare it over yourself. I am a new creation. Because it is true, if you are in Christ, he has said it, so it is so. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.